hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. With all the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I really? think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. We absolutely <laughs> have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking Tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And it is what it says on the box. Two Blokes, I'm Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and joining me every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. How are you? I'm excellent. And as it says on the box, we are two blokes and we talk tech. It's as simple as that, mate. And we've been doing this now for 22 weeks. That's three weeks, actually, Trevor. Well, yes, because we did our special special edition. Uh, (laughs) That's nearly half a year. Do we get to celebrate or something at some point? I don't know. I'm open. I'm open for it if you are. And and it's all thanks to the good people at Samsung and their smart TVs and Netgear. Uh, We'll tell you more about them as we plug along. But let's get cracking with two blokes talking tech. Now there was this revolutionary new product launched this week, and it's called a <laughs> it's called a tablet computer. And, Whoa! Uh, you know, I don't know that anyone's ever seen one before, but it's Whoa, important not to know. Like this one. No, this is something very special. No, it is. I, I jest, but uh, um, a new tablet was launched this week here in Australia, and it's been seen uh, around the interwebs for a while by HP. It's called the Touchpad, uh, and the reason it is something to talk about is because it's more than just another. Tablet, it carries its own operating system, the, the web OS, which, uh, HP acquired, um, through the acquisition of Palm, the big, uh, well, once big, uh, mobile, uh, PDA company. So, mate, um, you know, a nice looking tablet. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, it looks it's a it's a dead set iPad uh, knockoff. Mm. Um, it, it's its operating system is very similar to what we both saw with the BlackBerry Playbook. I think yep. the the comment I said to you was that I think the iPad it, it looks like the iPad one and the BlackBerry Playbook had a baby. And, and yeah, that's exactly it because it, I'm kind of stunned at how the web OS. I mean, it's a beautiful looking OS, but it really does look like the BlackBerry Playbook OS. And the other thing is the gesture control. There's this swipe up, you know, from the bevel yeah. to to control certain things. That I don't know. I mean, it's not a unique thing. I, I guess there'll be another patent more about all that. But it it does look, and maybe some of that's down to just those kind of you know sweeping graphics they have in the background that look similar to the Playbook. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's it's either a Playbook on steroids or it's the you know love child of an iPad and a playbook but you know to hold it in your hand um, it's it's thick it's you know probably thicker than the iPad one to be honest yeah, um, slightly yeah you're very, right but, uh, very rounded um, you know it's, yep. it feels very very curvy which is not a bad thing I don't think because as I said to you on the day the iPad 2 is beautiful but sometimes it's too too slim uh, well, tragically. I do recall you Picking up the HP touchpad to feel the weight, Trevor. Do you remember? You very to important. Feel the weight. It's a very important test, and I one know, it's day, very sensitive issue with you. One but, day, uh, many years down the track, I'll be acknowledged as the uh, the doyen of tablet weighting. 
Absolutely. But uh, no, I th- well, we had a good look at this together. We, we, you know, it does offer some interesting features. Uh, let's just go through them really quickly. Yep. It's the true multitasking on this. Now, they're, they're, you can run several applications at once and you can form what they call card stacks with your open app. Say you want to group your email. Yeah. So you can, you can group things together. They've got this very similar to the, what they call their HP Synergy, which is the ability to aggregate all of your mail, contacts and calendar in one place. Mm. Uh, I think... I think at the time I, I, I uh, mentioned to you, I think it's a little bit like the HTC Sense That's on right. the, their Android smartphones. It let, lets you aggregate all of your your connectivity, your connected life, your mail, yeah, I, I Facebook, think the, Twitter. I think the Synergy is a, a great idea because it's a it's a central um, you know settings page where you enter in all your all your different accounts. And then what it does, the reason, the reason it's called Synergy is because in no matter what app you're in. So for example, when you're in the photo app, you very easily can, can share with different applications. Now that's standard on many, many platforms. But the other thing is it's kind of backwards as well. You can actually be in Facebook. You can be in your photo, um, application viewing Facebook photos. So it's kind of using your Facebook library as a library in the cloud, which is very good. Um, I agree. Yeah. yeah I think so there, there's, there, there is, there is what, what I also like too is the just type feature. Remember that we gave yes. that a try where it's, it's not like a, it's a search all, but you, you can just say you want to write. You, you want to send email, and it'll it'll pop up an e- the email uh, application. So depending on what you want to do, you can just start typing. And it, if you want to send that as a status update, as a yeah. as a open up a, an app, so that's pretty cool too. But I think there's a couple of things. There's two things that I reckon that this uh, against this device. What's that? First thing is the web OS, while it looks really gorgeous and it works very well, there's not that many apps for it. Uh, you know, we've got your iOS, iPhone, iPad apps. We've got mm. Android. There's now BlackBerry. Windows Phone 7 is coming. This is yet another sys platform yeah. for developers to... to uh, on their plates now, it's going to be probably the fir- fifth preference now on the market. And, and you know, people, I've done some app work in, in recent weeks in the day job at SPS, and we've launched a couple of apps, and it's funny how many people knock you about launching an iPhone app when you haven't done Android, and we say we're yeah. working on it or whatever, but here's the interesting thing. I've worked with some, some people that build apps. Now, the the app, the Android is a very popular platform, yes, but the app usage is very low compared to yeah. compared to iPhone. People with iPhones use apps. People you, with you, Androids are yeah. often often using Android because it's just the phone they got. Do you know what I mean? They didn't get yeah. it because they wanted a smartphone. It's just Which, that that's all you can get. You've got to remember, though, with the Android apps, don't forget, like, with, with iPhone, and we're going to talk about some iPhone and iPad apps a bit later in the show, but with Android, you've got to remember that developers have, to, there, there's so many different form factors for Android products. There's a there's a 3.4-inch, yeah. a 4.3-inch, an 8-inch, 10-inch. There's so many different uh, sizes of screen that they don't often scale yeah. properly. That, that's a sort of another thing, whereas the you've either got the iPad or the iPhone, iPod, and that's it. And yeah. So it's a bit more consistent, but just can I get to my other point? My, yes. I did mention there were two reasons. Second reason, the price. Oh, just it's more expensive me. than the iPad too. Are these people not listening to two well, bikes talking tech? Unbelievable. Sixteen gigabytes, five hundred and ninety-nine dollars. That's Wi-Fi only. In comparison, the entry-level iPad two. 16 gig Wi-Fi only is $579. So which, if you were to choose between the two, Trevor, what are most people going to choose, do you think? Everyone's going to choose the iPad. I just don't understand what planet these people are living on. They are building beautiful devices. These tablets are all nice. 
Um, they're, they're putting so much effort into the OS, and they're, they're hanging on to the hope that, you know, some enterprise customers will buy a few. And I th- think you're right there, yeah. They are hoping that uh, people are going to be brand loyal HP. But, mate, if they had a processor $100 cheaper, it'd be in with a chance, maybe even $200 cheaper. 399 this would be a compelling device. It would be $599, not so much. You, you get this point where with tablets, you know, you, get a, you can get a Kogan for, what is it, a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, good. It's a tablet. It's nice. It's Android. It's not... It's not fantastic, but it's a nice tablet, right? But if you want to really go, you know, hell's bells with a feature-rich and, and, and really high-spec tablet, and you want to you want to smash the market, you've got to come in at a price point. And, and I think, I'll be honest with you, I think HP have missed the point on the loyalty thing. Enterprise customers who have hundreds of HP PCs in their business will buy HP PCs. But when yeah. it comes to tablets, I'm telling you, I sit around board tables and things regularly and the the, the directors and, and executives in organizations have iPads and they want iPads. They don't care that they've got HP computers. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work that way. And I think they've missed the point. So I really worry about it. But I'm sure... And there was a lot of discussion about their, their penetration rate and how, what their targets were. You know what? In, in, a, in a growing market, as they made the point, there's going to be tens of millions of these tablets broadly sold. They don't need to get 50%. They only need to get 1% or 2% to actually Absolutely. start selling yeah. tens of thousands of devices. So, yeah, well. it's tough. Interesting. Well, it's it's released on August 15th, so I suppose time will tell how successful it is. It is, and so we will pay attention to that, and I'm sure uh, there's plenty of details on that at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, if, you, if you're into your music, uh, a multi-room audio is something that a lot of people find really desirable. But the first thing that people think is that it's expensive. Oh, yeah. it, it's it real. It's quite complex uh, to install. You know, you've got to run cables around the house. But there's a great product, and, and we, we've mentioned Sonos in the past. Mm. But Sonos are a really multi-room. They've made a name for themselves for creating multi-room systems using your home network. Now, we mentioned uh, earlier. In, a, in an earlier episode, the, uh, the the Sonos system with the S5, which is now called the Play 5, I've got to say. Yep. But uh, Sonos this week uh, announced a cheaper, an entry-level uh, device called the Play 3. Yep. So this brings the cost of a multi-room system even closer to people who, who, are, who are thinking about it. So it starts at, that this Play 3 is $419. And just to give a brief description, you connect one of them or uh, you can connect one one speaker to a router, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can add speakers around your house and just connect them all to the same network, uh, and you can control that either from a computer or using an Android or iPhone or iPad app. You can even choose the room that you want to listen to and what you want to listen uh, to on it. You can even stream content in from the internet. Um, they do sell another small product called a bridge that's now uh, priced they Drop the price to seventy nine dollars. So in the in the in the case where your router is not actually ideally located for where you want to position your speaker, mm. you'd bring in this little bridge, this seventy nine dollar bridge, to as its name describes, bridge the gap then to the spot in your home where you want to put your speakers, and then you can build on it on it uh, on top of that. It's a, a great system to bring that multi-room dream make it a reality and and it is actually very simple to do and then you've got the ability to control it from your iPhone your iPad your Android device and this is not some dodgy system this is great quality 
Audio. These yeah. are these are not um, you know just technology companies. This is a audio company. You know they're building Absolutely, great yeah. quality sound, and you know I love the fact that it's getting more affordable. And I here's the thing about Sonos, okay, and Hello Tablet Makers. They 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 know that this is a product that can get some really broad reach if they find a price point. And yeah, so they they build a smaller version with maybe different features and and lower features and maybe different speakers and all that kind of stuff. And they go, this is a price point that more people will get. Uh, uh, you're absolutely right. That's, that's we, what it's about. We, with with the Play Three too, the speaker is a smaller speaker, so there's three speakers within it within the device and three digital amplifiers. And what it does from such a small product, I've got to say, audio quality is very impressive, really punching above its weight in terms of sound quality to size. But what I liked about it too was that you can either sit it on its own either long ways or you can even tilt it on its side so you can hear it uh, you can position it a different way and there's a built in accelerometer so it can detect which way the speaker's laying so it won't confuse the left and right channels and another thing you can do if you bought two of them and they're in the same room you can set set them up as left and right uh, uh, stereo pair in the same room so really adaptable like that and easy to control you can set that up through the app through the uh, controlled software on your computer as well so really handy great sounding devices and really adaptable as well good on you and uh sonos play 3 that's the thing we're talking about check it out online And thank you. We are brought to you by uh, our good friends at Samsung. Now, the Samsung Smart TVs are bringing, you, bringing us closer to the future of television. Now, just like the latest smartphones, Samsung Smart TVs can provide a wide selection of apps optimised for your Samsung Smart TV. And there's a huge selection of categories to choose from, such as videos, games, sports, information and lifestyle. And as the number of apps grow, your TV viewing experience will continue to get to grow and to get richer and more fulfilling you can even surf the web you get social you know you share your viewing experiences with friends and family through blogging and chatting services like facebook and twitter as we always do trevor Uh, google talk and all while you're watching live tv and and of course you can experience 3d with uh, amazing depth and realism and samsung's 3d sound now that's one thing that we underestimate the sound quality of these tvs are pretty good with true 3d cinematic experience so there's also 2d to 3d converter so you can view 2d channels in 3d uh, and the samsung smart tv they're available now at the leading retailers and the samsung apps and web browser are available on selected smart tv models uh, you can visit samsung.com.au slash tv for details two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick and you know we love rewarding our listeners well I I have been able to obtain a wonderful prize which I'm giving away and uh I have to thank the people at Lenovo who got me started. And they said, hey, give away a laptop. And I went, no, dramas. <laughs> and then I thought, well, you know, a laptop's a laptop's a laptop. Uh, this is a great laptop, a, a Z570, a Core i5, you know, four gig of RAM, beautiful computer, which will do wonderful things for you. But I've, I've been able to, you know, ring around as you do and, and the kind of thing we're able to do, mate, and, and talk to a few other companies. So I've not just got a laptop. I've got a Logitech uh, speaker laptex 
lap desk. I've got a uh, copy of Microsoft Office Home and Student Edition. I've got a Telstra prepaid elite mobile Wi-Fi, so you can connect to the internet no matter where you are. I've got wow. a one terabyte portable hard drive from iOmega. I've got a Kensington uh, mouse and uh, you know wireless mouse and a, and a Kensington uh, laptop bag. So is this one prize? One prize. One oh, thousand. Where, where do I enter? One thousand eight hundred ninety-four dollars ninety uh, worth of products. And all you got to do is go to yourtechlife.com. There's a big yellow logo there. You can't miss it. Yourtechlife.com. Everyone's in the running. All you got to do is give me 50 words or less and that kind of thing. Uh, and it's very easy to do. It'll be open for the month, so I'll talk about it every week. But, uh, yeah, a little opportunity for everyone to have a bit of fun and maybe win a laptop. There's one issue uh, that's been uh, on gamers' minds. I mean, computer gamers' minds, yep. and that's the R rating for gaming. Now, yeah. uh, there, it doesn't exist in Australia yet. Uh, Australia is one of the last developed countries in the world uh, without an R rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but recently, there've been so there's been some movement. Uh, the Home Affairs Minister Brendan O'Connor uh, said that. There's seven of the eight attorneys general have agreed in principle to put forward the R18 plus rating with uh, New South Wales Attorney General Greg Smith was the only one who abstained from the vote. But from all from what we're hearing, it looks like it's a lock. We're finally going to get an R rating for games, which is good for a number of reasons. It is. And, and it's, it's hard for people who don't follow this issue to understand. We're not talking about R ratings like in movies, it's porn and all that kind of stuff. It's just simply the fact that there are games made in the world that um, have a level of violence in them and other things that don't allow them to be classified in this country. So they're not available in this country or they become edited in this country and gamers don't like that kind of thing. Now, the crucial thing, I think, is that we have to remind people that gamers aren't kids, right? The majority Absolutely. of gamers are actually adults and, and, and you know, right-minded adults that are straight thinkers. Now, Can I it, tell you the average age of a gamer in Australia, Trevor? It's got to be 30 plus. It's 30 and getting older. Yeah, and I, it's getting older because it's getting easier to do. Um, people with disposable income, it's, it's just a great, fun, yeah. relaxing thing to do. Now, well, there is obviously the issue, um, and it's an absolute tragedy, what happened in Norway last weekend, and no one can doubt that. And the fact that this fool um, created a 1,500-page manifesto which mentioned the fact that he, in, in inverted commas, trained in uh, in some of these games is... Is a real blight on the industry, and yeah, and it is a it is a concern yeah. for people because you know I don't like the fact that that he was able to you know visualise in such reality what what he was planning to do, and it's just disturbing to think about. Yeah. Now I, I got to be honest, I I fully support gaming, I fully support the R rating, and there is nothing that anyone could have done in terms of ratings and games and development that would have stopped this bloke doing what he's doing. So Absolutely, I think it's yeah. I think it's good that it hasn't actually become a big issue this week. The Herald wrote a few things, but it hasn't really picked up as an issue. But I just want people who are listening who aren't gamers to understand that, yeah, it's terrible that he yep. did that, and it's terrible that he trained in that way, but it was a very yeah, small but, part of what he did, but and the, it wouldn't have stopped him. There's a lot of people, him. though, who, who think, well, that they're crying out, saying, oh, look, see what happens if we do this for gaming. Like, this is an isolated case. There's no proof that playing violent video games is going to turn anyone into a psychopath. Uh, this R rating for gaming is good for a couple of reasons. First reason is that it brings it into line with other forms of entertainment That's in right. Australia. Movies, books, TV shows. So 
it, it, that, that's a that's a great thing because computers actually generate more more revenue than films in this country. Hmm. The box office, there's more games and consoles sold, generates more revenue than the Australian box office does. Yeah, some box, Second, some gaming box office launches are actually more uh, bigger than 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 movie absolutely. ones. Some of the biggest entertainment releases in the world. The last two are the last two Call of Duty games. But the second and probably most important aspect of having an R rating rating for games is that it can finally be easier to determine which games are suitable for adults, which games are suitable for kids. Just in the same way, you've got young kids, I've yep. got young kids. I wouldn't let my 14-year-old son watch an R-rated movie. No. Just in the same way, if I knew a game was R-rated, there's no way he's going to play it. Now, because there's only the MA15 Plus rating, it's you know it's become... Well, let, you know, if they don't make the R rating, it's got to be MA15+, plus, and that's become a bit of a fuzzy rating now that you know, yeah. 14, 15-year-old kids are playing. They should be R-rated games. I think it's great that we're going to finally see some sense there so we can distinguish what are the games for kids, 15-year-olds, and adults, and it's going to be clear as, as, uh, as a bell now when this rating comes through. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, isn't it amazing? It's been five years since the last census, the, the time when someone knocks on your door, you fill out a bit of paper, and they work out how many people live in the country. Um, it's a little bit more than that. Let's not yeah. get ourselves. It's, uh, it's a very detailed demographic. So uh, is it hands, everyone hands up who lives in Australia? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if everyone could just put their hand up, uh, we're done. We counted. It's 22 yeah. million. Um, it's, a, it's a really important thing, and a lot of people don't understand. And I, again, in my day job, I, I do have a lot to do with the census because we use the data to make very important decisions, and that's what everyone needs to understand. This is not a game. You, ha- you really have to take this seriously. Um, but there's a couple of great things that have happened this year. This is the the the, the, the census this year is on August the 9th. It's a particular date, so that's what happens. That, that night is the night you're meant to fill the form out. Yep. Last census, there was the ability to, to, to fill it out online, um, and 10% of people did that. This year, they're, they're pushing it hard again, and they're expecting 30% or more. I think they'll do very well, and they'll get more than that. Yep. And and really, the the reason to do that is because you don't have to worry about the paperwork. You type something, you can just hit delete and start like start over again. You don't have to white out the, the paperwork. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, we've got to think about the future of this. really is pretty stupid that we're delivering pieces of paper to every every house in the country. So do, do people, can, can people nominate? Are they going to get a form anyway or can they nominate? No. So what happens is they're still going to knock on every door. So they knock okay. on your door and they say, do you want to fill it out by paper or online? And if you want to fill it out online, they'll give you an envelope which has a unique code in it. Not unique to you. It doesn't identify you in any way. It's just a unique code that no one else has and that's the code you use to get onto the website and fill it out fantastic stuff I encourage everyone to do it because you've all got the internet if you're listening and and it's going to make it easier it's going to make data collation easier it's going to bring the results through quicker it's going to be fantastic but here's my my because it's on the internet too you can probably get one of your teenage children to do it for you is that right exactly you can can sit back on the lounge and and they can ask the questions and and, and you can answer them and they can type them out here's my one concern it's kind of a warning and, and I don't want to be now a naysayer but I encourage people to do it online, but what I want to encourage people to do is is follow the instructions in the envelope. Do not click on a link in an email. The Australian Bureau of Statistics, the government, the tax department, whoever it is, will not send you an email to say, hey, it's census time, click here to fill it out. That's that's a great warning. Yeah, that's that's, going to be be spam. They're going to try to get in on this. Exactly. Identity theft will be huge. Uh, I'm really nervous about it, and, and because what will happen is it will become the story. So don't do it. Just wait for the knock on the door, wait for the envelope, fill in the details, and uh, enjoy the census on August the 9th. (laughs) 
And as well as the good people at Samsung with their smart TVs, we thank the good people at netgear.com.au. Netgear is in all major retailers. And if you're looking for anything to connect your home or your business and the devices within your home, Netgear is a great company to trust. Netgear.com.au. And you can, you can recognize their brand when you go into store and you've got that wall of, of decisions to make about what, what product you want, whether it's a new modem or a new router to bring uh, Wi-Fi to your home or a, a higher band of Wi-Fi or maybe you're doing VoIP at home and Skype and those kind of things you need. A, you should be using a better quality Wi-Fi for those kind of things or whether you've bought yourself a smart TV and you want to connect it to the network and you, you want to put a Wi-Fi adapter on there, whatever it is about connecting devices to each other and connecting you to the internet, Netgear is the people to trust. Netgear.com.au. Check them out and tell them Two Blokes Talking Tech sent you. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, well, how long have we been using Lion for now? A few days? Weeks? Uh, yeah, I've had it a, a just under a week, yes. So, i got to tell you, my first impressions are, huh? <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I, I guess I don't use um, the OS... Uh, deeply enough to see the changes. It just looks like some some very basic changes in there. My my biggest thing is spaces. I used to love spaces, which is this you know four. I use a four yeah. panel matrix, and I you know go from it's one end to the other. Mission control, I think, is that what mission it is? control? Mission control to Trevor Long. <laughs> go left, go right. And so it's your pages, your desktops are, are in a left to right combination, and it seems to prioritize them too, does it? Because if I use something a lot, it brings it to the to the left hand yes, side. Well, I think more. your most recent. Um your most recent application, but no, I, I've found I've found a lot of great changes for online. Um, I think that one of the best changes is the uh, the mail. It's really transformed mail into a much better application. It's a lot easier to uh, organise your email. You see all the different threads of your email. You know, when you have eight emails from the same person, you can now view them all in one thread. Uh, but I think the biggest thing uh, is the gesture controls. And oh, yeah. you, it really you, you. I think I wrote in my review that not having a trackpad or a, mul- a magic uh, multi-touch mouse, the magic mouse, it's kind of like driving a Porsche with the handbrake on. You really, you really need the, the, to appreciate the, uh, the changes in line and the convenience of uh, with these gestures. You need a trackpad if you're using an iMac or, or a magic mouse and, and on your laptop, of course, there is a trackpad but those gestures uh, have really enhanced the whole experience. But one, one thing, one I didn't like though, was the reverse scrolling. Did you oh. get this, Trevor? Did did you see how it was scrolling Absolutely. the other way? Absolutely. So you're in there, and so for example, TweetDeck. I've got you know millions of tweets there, and you normally take your finger from the top of the mouse down, and that goes down. So what they've done is they've said, well, no, that on a, on a on a touch screen that actually sort of sends it up. So they've they reversed it, and pretty. Oh, I think it was pretty widely accepted as the first thing that nearly everyone changed. Yeah. Well, that that's exactly right. They wanted to sort of create the similar experience as people would use on their iPad or iPhone, uh, and they, they. I was one of those people who changed it directly because I've been using. I've been had a Magic Mouse for months, or oh, for years, or since they've been out, uh, and I've used to scrolling stroking down yeah. uh, mouse to go down the page but if you were doing that on an iPad you'd be going up the page so that was one thing that we changed but uh, I, I found that, that there's a lot of cool little animations now when you use your, when you download things they pop into your little download folder when you create a new email they sort of the new email sort of comes out and pops forward uh, just those, those cool little uh, those little uh, gestures too the, the launch pad I think is a cool one so you, you are you using you, that? 
I am actually, yeah. So it's a really fast way. You know, there is your dock already, but it is a fast way to get to to see your apps right in a row. So you can only fit so many apps in the dock. This this way, you can it, on the trackpad. If you squeeze four fingers together, it brings the launch pad up, and you can stroke through them as if you're using the iPad itself. But I, I quite like the resume function too. So if you shut your computer down and you've got apps open and documents open, it'll it'll exactly replicate your desktop how you shut it down mm. uh, including your browser so be careful what you were looking at uh, the <laughs> night before when you take your uh, laptop into work there may be some embarrassing little uh, tabs you have to shut down in a hurry but uh, that's <laughs> but I think overall I, I really enjoy airdrop you know so sharing files locally like I, I work at home between a MacBook Air and an iMac and I've often need to throw uh, files from one computer to the other now with airdrop you simply drag and drop it to my icon that shows up mm. on my iMac or vice versa on the MacBook Air and the file just is instantly there and you don't even need a Wi-Fi network. It creates a wireless network between the two computers. So mm. even if there's no internet connection to be had, it still works. Very cool. That is uh, Line. If you haven't downloaded it, it's uh, it's only thirty bucks or something. It's it's a it's a no brainer if you've got the got a very recent uh, Mac. Get it, download it. Very simple, little nifty uh, nifty uh, refinements to the operating system and some really cool advances as well. Check it out. OSX Line in the Mac App Store. While we're on the uh, the subject of Apple, uh, I've just got a couple of cool new apps that I was uh, shown today. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two that I'm going to I'm just going to refer to two, and they're they're quite they're sort of the sporting uh, health and fitness type apps. The I'm first out. one is called. <laughs> Leave. Oh, I'm leaving the room then. <laughs> the first app is called iPing. Now, Ping being the very well-known golfing brand, the brand of golf clubs. I now, thought it was, a, I thought it was very... the ability to ping a server from somewhere or something. It's not that not technical then. No, but it's called iPing, and naturally it's going to be called iPing. But this is a really cool. If you're a golfer, as there's a saying that we have on the golf course, you drive for show, but you putt for dough. In other words, mm-hmm. your short game can it's win or lose crucial. tournaments. Yep. Now, they've got a great... This iPing application works with a little accessory. It's a little uh, like a, a little case that you slide your iPhone 4 into, and you can clip that case then to your putter. No. You've got to remember, you've got to remember your iPhone 4 has got a gyroscope as well as an accelerometer. Oh. So what it does, it lets you putt five shots in a row, and it examines your putt. So what it does, it tells you how, what, what sort of stroke, your stroke type, the oh, impact angle. And because it'll tell you whether you're twisting as well, not just exactly. what... Exactly. Ah. It's amazing. And what it does, so Ping are very smart. What it does too, it, they make several types of putters, and they can even recommend the type of putter of that Ping can. make that mm. suits your stroke type and your impact angle. So if you want to improve your, your putting on the golf course, that's the app for you. All right. What's the next one? The next one is called iBike, and I'll, there's no 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 surprises on what it's about. Now, hmm. hang on, let I, me guess. Is it going to be at the boat? Is it going to be at the boat show next week? No, it's not. It's for your bike. Now, what it is, it's a multi. It turns your iPhone into a multi-function bike computer. Now, this involves an accessory as, again. Now, the accessory clips to your handlebars. Uh, you slide your iPhone in the front. It's a weatherproof case, so there's no risk of it getting. If you're in the rain, you're not going to ruin your iPhone. There's also a sensor that you attach to the back wheel, so it could determine how fast you're going. It connects wirelessly then to the uh, the cradle, and what it does, it gives you not only your speed, your average speed, but because 
there's GPS on board the iPhone. You can even see where you are, plot out your courses, record where you're going. So it, 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 it takes note of your distance, speed, average speed, everything a multifunction bike computer uh, mm. can do. And it can also make phone calls. That's one thing your multifunction bike computer can't do. So mm. there's just two examples of apps. Uh, there'll be a, a story about them on Tech Guide uh, from tomorrow, from Thursday, I should say. So uh, these it's just an example of the, how the combination of accessories with the apps. Developers are just going crazy. There's 425,000 apps now in the App Store. 100,000 of those are just for the iPad as well. 15 billion downloads in three years. It's no wonder the developers are climbing over themselves to create apps like this. And in breaking news, there's eight apps for the HP Touchpad. <laughs> Oh, no. Sounds good, mate. I look forward to uh, seeing your putting improve. Uh, we should play golf one day, although it's been embarrassing because I can't hit a ball anywhere. I'd love to take your money. Uh, <laughs> there would not be money involved, let me guarantee you that. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Stephen, uh, thank you for your company once again. Techguide. It's been a pleasure. .au is the place where you can find Stephen and all of his musings. Uh, a formal, very, very productive man. He pu- pushes out reviews every day. I, however, am lazy and don't. Um, <laughs> that's why I sit here and talk about it every week. Uh, and my website is yourtechlife.com, and you can go there and win that, potentially win that Lenovo laptop. Thank you, mate. I'll be talk- entry, Trevor. Oh, I have to check the eligibility rules for you. Uh, I'll talk to you for episode 23 next week. Thank you. Thank you.